Apple will launch the iPhone 15 Pro on September 13th, according to 9to5Mac, and while they didn't say whether the phone would launch with an exclusive set of unsatisfying GIFs, it wouldn't surprise me. September 15th is is a Friday. You could, it's right there. I'm Riley Murdoch, this is TechLinked, and this is a render of the iPhone 15 Pro posted by Ian Zelbo on Twitter, showing a noticeably smaller bezel than the 14 Pro. An obviously misleading post that Twitter's community notes could not let stand without linking to a clarifying article written by Ian Zelbo. <laughs> Community notes are actually one of the few things that have gotten noticeably better under Elon. It's like people tweet sassy things and it'll say, additional context, this person is just a little hangry right now. But the thinner bezels might not help iPhone sales as much as being the only smartphone on the market with a three nanometer processor, thanks to a timed exclusivity deal with TSMC. The foundry will eat the cost of any defective batches, but Apple will be paying more for the chips, which probably explains other rumors that Apple's increasing the storage for the 15 Pro and Pro Max, while also upping the price for the base model by $100 and $200, respectively, to $12.99 and $11.99, disrespectively. I don't know if that's a word, and I'm not checking. The quest for a room temperature superconductor continues with scientists, Twitter users, and degenerates racing to validate it, argue about it, and create fake evidence for it, respectively. Sorry, that was, that was the last one. If you've either been living under a rock or have simply realized you're incredibly out of your depth trying to read preprint physical chemistry papers, a couple weeks ago, Korean researchers claimed to have synthesized a room temperature superconductor they called LK99 a sassy Star Wars droid, just kidding. Kicking off a mad dash to replicate the study's findings, since, if it's real, LK99 could revolutionize human technology by letting us do things like levitate frogs. That's not true, but it kind of is, so I'm moving on. Making the material itself is pretty complicated, but some groups have claimed to have some success, from established researchers to engineers like Andrew McCallop, who have been live blogging their attempts on Twitter. Despite all the developments though, the superconductivity of LK99 is still heavily in question, so commercial fusion power probably isn't just around the corner. It might only be around a couple more corners though, since the same researchers who demoed the first net gain fusion reaction back in December just announced another, even more net gainier success. Stay on the ground, frogs. Your time shall yet come. Unless you're an incredibly wealthy frog who can afford a ticket to the commercial space station built by Airbus and Voyager Space when it replaces the International Space Station sometime after 2031, maybe. Frogs apparently only live for six to eight years, but that's not Airbus's problem. The proposed station called Starlab was originally a joint project between Colorado-based Voyager Space and Lockheed Martin, but the latter is being downgraded to a supplier. European aerospace giant Airbus is replacing them as the designer and builder of Starlab, bringing closer ties with the European Space Agency, or ESA, to the project. Starlab is receiving the largest funding award given by NASA towards many such proposed space stations, continuing the space industry's current trend of having private companies with names like Axiom Space, that's a real one, spearhead humanity's starward expansion. Because that always went quite well in my favorite space documentaries. You know, like, like Alien. They confirmed we're not alone. They can do the things we can't. Now it's time for Quick Bits, brought to you by the Ridge Wallet, whose compact and slim design allows you to carry your essential cards and cash without weighing you down. I mean, 
I mean, you would hate that. You're always on the go. <laughs> I know you so well. With RFID blocking technology, your cards are protected from digital theft, and the Ridge Wallet is made from high quality materials like titanium, carbon fiber, and aluminum, ensuring its durability. Upgrade your everyday carry with the Ridge Wallet and enjoy the freedom of a minimalist lifestyle, which comes with the bonus feeling of superiority. Check them out at the link below and use the code LINKED at checkout for free shipping and 10% off your purchase. This Quick Bits intro ain't what it used to be. Because they're all different. We never do we never do the same one. Because AMD's next-gen RDNA 4 gaming graphics cards won't compete with NVIDIA's high-end models, according to Twitter leaker Kepler, causing some people, I imagine, to freak out. But as Kepler tweeted, yes, I'm still calling them tweets, AMD has actually used this strategy numerous times in the past. Team Red's Polaris-based RX 400 and 500 series were praised on their price to performance, despite avoiding a direct toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nvidia's RTX 1080. It's why TechLink doesn't benchmark GPUs. Linus Tech Tips does that. We just stay in our lane of, you know, pulling things out of our ass. In other GPU news, Intel announced their graphics drivers will now collect telemetry by default, causing a bit of a fuss among those who thought this meant their GPUs would start spying on them and selling their data to advertisers. And, well, I mean, those people are right. If by spying, they mean logging the categories of websites you visit, and by selling to advertisers, they mean making the data available to Intel so they can use it to optimize GPU drivers in the same way that Nvidia and AMD do. I'm assuming Intel just didn't know they could do this. What? Selling their data to advertisers? By which I mean our engineers? No. OpenAI has provided a way for website admins to block the company's web crawler called GPT-Bot from scraping their websites for AI training data. Wow, pretty big of OpenAI to allow this. Although they did already scrape like the entire web to train their existing models. But y you know, it's like a bunch of kids promising to not throw a bag of turds at your front door if you don't want them to after they already did it about a dozen times. And I would have to admit that I would appreciate them saying that. YouTuber Mr. Beast, AKA Jimmy Donaldson, has been sued by Virtual Dining Concepts, VDC, the company that operated the YouTuber's ghost kitchen restaurant chain for failing to follow through with his contractual obligations. Obligations that Donaldson tried to get out of by first suing VDC himself a week ago over, among other things, burger quality. It's a big issue. This really is not tech news, but I'm putting it in because maybe this might end the abomination that is ghost kitchens through the power of corporations and rich people suing each other. It's all any of us can hope for. And despite everyone agreeing that it's probably not gonna happen, Elon Musk seems to think his fight with Mark Zuckerberg is still on, tweeting that he's lifting weights at work in preparation. Zuck replied on, of course, threads, saying his suggested date of August 26th wasn't confirmed, suggesting the fight be streamed on a more reliable platform than Twitter. I don't know whether he means threads or Facebook there, because what? And calling out Musk's tweets as akin to his famous claim of having funding secured to buy Twitter, which he only did after being forced to, basically. Sure enough, yesterday Musk tweeted that the exact date is still in flux and he may require surgery before the fight can happen, which I can only assume means he's getting a Neuralink installed so he can activate cyborg reflexes, like in Cyberpunk. I don't know, that's the only way he's beating Zuck. This guy's killing it on the jujitsu mat 
and on social media. I don't want to like Zuck, and I don't, but... And you killed this episode. Thanks a lot, now it's dead. Come back on Wednesday for a freshly revived episode thanks to a combination of magic, science, and floating frogs.